Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Wednesday, January 10th. This is episode number 232. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Hey, Rod. Well, they're going great. We're, we're heading into the playoffs this week at long last. That's right. Yeah, we, we, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, you know, I was thinking of going back to, to some of the shows before the season and listening to some of our predictions, but uh, yeah. I think we'll probably remember some of that stuff anyway. So um. <laughs> I wanted to go back and do some research because I, I think, Back before the season, everybody was picking the uh, AFC North to finish above 500, and we were talking about how hard that was going to be for it to happen because yeah. we were going to have you know we play each other and we were going to have to play like 700 against the rest of the league, and and you know how could we possibly do that? Well, guess what? <laughs> we did it. Yeah, I don't have the exact numbers, but uh, yeah, we I'll must spend have some done. time later and figure it out. But I'm sure we we ended up at least at 700 against the rest of the league. Pretty amazing. Yep. Yeah. Get yeah, well to, uh, to talk Browns, to celebrate this trip to the playoffs. We're going to bring in our friend, Tom Brunswick. You can follow Tom. If you're not already, most people are, but if you're not following him, find him at Tom underscore Brunswick on Twitter. Hey, Tom, how are you tonight? Real good, Rod. Hey, for having me hey what a what a season this has been this has been a lot of fun and uh for the browns being the playoffs it's uh appreciate you having me on here tonight it's uh it's an honor absolutely um hard to believe it's been almost two years since you were on the podcast we were talking beforehand and um i mean it seems like a while but it does not seem like almost two years so so it's great to talk to you again and appreciate you joining us and um we figured that, you know, us older guys could kind of maybe put some perspective in this trip to the playoffs. <laughs> last, yeah. time, last time we talked, Rod, it was uh, March of 2022. And I think we did go to the playoffs that year uh, with Baker and those Browns, but there was no fans in the stand. So um, this time around, there's going to be a lot of people there and it's going to be a lot of fun. But it just feels good that we're not at the end of the season. Yeah. Wondering who um, our coach is going to be next year, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. what draft picks are going to be. We're talking. Yeah. About, what channel are we going to be on TV this weekend? And hopefully, this mm. upcoming storm doesn't knock us off the air and uh, 
and we don't have any power. So that's a concern <laughs> at this point because I know it's supposed to get a little windy this weekend. Imagine yeah. having Imagine having a home game this weekend. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, guys, we we've made it. We made it past a, a Black Monday without um, having to worry about much. So, so that was kind of. That's always good. Um, we've we've certainly headlined a lot of Black Mondays in Cleveland. So, uh, <laughs> right. so yeah, not uh, not not where we want to be. Um, it, it's just great to to see some of the the rewards of of uh, the consistency and you know and just sticking with the same thing and seeing some some people grow in their positions um mm. you know whether it's kevin stefanski or um you know whether whether you want to say that maybe andrew barry's getting better um you know the other coaches on the staff um whether whether that's um the players being more accepting because guys have been around longer or whatnot. It's just it's um Jeff, what what word do you put with that? Or what what uh stability? Kind of, yeah, stability <laughs> and, and just um Yeah, just um the fact that, that these guys have all matured in their position and and um now they I think are among the, the most respected front offices in the league um, yeah, yeah. for for their abilities to put together a roster and face all the challenges that you face in an NFL season and, and continue to backfill guys that are able to play at a high level. That's That's been pretty pretty impressive this year. Yeah, definitely. Um, I agree with that too, Jeff. I'll tell you, um, stability is one thing the Browns have never had. It's been a higher coach – uh, with a five-year plan, give him two years and fire him. Process <laughs> over again. And uh, another thing you got to credit the Browns with this time, the front office, is to be patient. You know, when uh, they lost a few games uh, last year and uh, the pressure was on Coach Stefanski a little bit, um, the front office stayed with him and his staff. And even through all the injuries, um, it's been next man up, and they've been um, really, really good. Sometimes you just got to stick with them a little bit longer. And um, this time it's paid off for the Browns to, to do that. And Coach Stefanski and the Brown staff is, uh, has been incredible with the amount of injuries. And, uh, you know, 20% of their roster is on IL. Right. And, uh, it's incredible what they've done this year. And it's a, it's a great day and a great week to be a Browns fan. Well, I would extend that to, to players as well, Tom, that, you know, in, in past seasons, in pa- under past regimes, um, you have to wonder if, if guys like uh, Grant Delpit would have ever made it to the level that he's made it to this year. Uh, David Njoku, for, for that matter. Um, you know, th- those kinds of guys didn't get the length of time to, to develop and become top-notch players under past regimes. They would have you know, been moved. Um, where we've, you know, we're, yeah. we're now willing to invest, you know, two or three seasons in a guy um, to get him to an all-pro level, which is that's what you want from a professional organization, right? Get, getting the most out of the, out of its people. Completely, yeah, yeah, yeah knowing is, which guys to to do that with too is important. Yeah, you don't you don't always hit on everybody, you know, but um, gosh, we weren't hitting on any of them <laughs> five, <laughs> ten years ago, you no. know. Not at all. 
Not he got to get the chance, though, and his coaching staff has given him a chance. Uh, they've gotten the best out of each player's ability, and that's what good coaches do. And sometimes it takes a while to, to develop. But I think the culture has changed in that in the past, it seems like the players we got, uh, when we start losing, they're looking for ways to go on the I.L. They didn't want to play, it seemed like. But this crew mm-hmm. here, um, with them winning, they're looking for ways to get on that field and help the Browns win. And I think the chemistry on this team has been incredible. And I think it's part of the, the wins is one thing that sure helps. But, you know, I think the players are a little bit different than the past. I think they really care and love being on the Cleveland Browns. They know what it means to us fans. They know what it means to the city. They know what it means to win. And they're doing their best to bring something special back to the city. Right. Yeah, I, I think culture might be the word I was looking for before. Um, mm-hmm. That the culture, you know, the culture change. Um, you know, and it, it, it's taken stability to get there, yeah. you know, to have a culture change. But I think that's what we've seen this season. And, and Jeff, all the people that you named, all those people deserve credit for it. Right. Definitely. Yep. So, guys, b- before we dive more in on the Browns, um, Tom, are you drinking anything tonight that you want to talk about? Uh, no, I'm just drinking water tonight at this point. Um, okay. That, that's probably going to change on Saturday about 2 o'clock when we start pregaming. Uh, <laughs> okay. Build up to the, trying to build up to uh, Saturday. And uh, I'm pretty sure the, the juices are going to flow on Saturday in our garage. That's where that's where we're going to watch it. We're going to get a projector and uh, a big screen and uh, got a little heat in the garage. And we'll have a plenty of antifreeze in there. Looking forward to a good Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That sounds good. I wasn't sure. And I, I usually ask before we before we get things going. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm drinking a Great Lakes um joe thomas 73 colch i've got one one more left after this guys and i i thought it was uh a good time to pop one open and celebrate the uh the birth in the playoffs so well, anytime even, a good yeah. time that's for sure you might talk me into it here in just a little bit <laughs> well uh, if you if you're <laughs> feeling it join me that's that's perfectly fine it's gonna be a big day for it so um <laughs> hey i'm just really excited again guys i'll tell you um, I'm really excited for our young fans. I've seen them at the ball games. You know, I get to one or two a year yet. And I've seen them at the games, the, the young people, the ones in their 20s, 30s. And they're wondering, you know, what have you seen? I mean, we saw Baker and the guys go in the COVID year to the playoffs. Um, but since 99, they've seen nothing. And I'm just so happy for the, the young fans, uh, like my two sons who are in their 30s, for them to get a chance to see these Cleveland Browns. Uh, they were up at the game when they played the Jets, both my boys were, and they got to see the Browns and how happy people were and how happy they were to get the chance to get in the playoff. That atmosphere on that Thursday night versus the Jets was, was fantastic, but so happy for them. I'm also happy for myself in that I'm still here. I saw them in the 80s. I was at the drive, you know, I watched the phone, I watched Red Ride 88, and I'm here to see it again, so I'm happy about that, too, and I'm still excited, just as excited uh, today as I was then, but just a lot older, and I don't know how much wiser, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, um, the Browns, uh, Browns finish up 11-6, and six. Um, you know, it, it, 
I don't want to spend a lot of time on this Bengals game because the Browns weren't playing this game to win. Um, they were playing this game to keep guys healthy. Um, I, I just thought we'd take a couple minutes and kind of, you know, um, talk about, uh, first of all, if, if you guys watched the whole game, um, if you saw anything that stood out to you, and you know, any performances by any any of the Browns players, anything that was that was noteworthy um, that, that you want to bring up. Um, mm-hmm. And then we'll kind of take a look at the season as a whole. I thought there were a few guys that stood out, but. I, yeah. want, I want to hear what you guys have to say first. So, Jeff, which guys which guys uh, stood out for you in that um, meaningless game? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, David Bell, obviously, um, you know, got some opportunities that he hasn't gotten to this point. Uh, and that was nice to see, um, you know, depth in the wide receiver rooms. Pretty big question right now. And, um, mm. you know, it's good to, good to see him. Um, get some opportunities and convert. Um, you know, Alex Wright continues to, to show that um, he can be that, that third defensive end um, and, and play some meaningful snaps. So that another guy that, you know, has finally starting to develop. Um, we've given him enough time at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah, the, the other thing I think, you know, it's great to see that we have a punter. Um, you know, Bohorka cer- certainly yeah. got a workout in that game. Um, but, but, um, you know, p- pinning, uh, the Bengals back a couple of times, uh, you know, the one that went out, I think at the one foot line was pretty, mm-hmm. pretty impressive. Um, so yeah, you know, you need, you need to have everybody across the roster performing and in the playoffs and, um, and have that depth, um, ready to play at any, at a moment's notice. So, that's really, I think, all we were looking for in this game is, you know, who are the guys that we can count on in the playoffs? Um, and, you know, who are the, some of the bubble guys that we're going to have to look at upgrading in the offseason? Uh, so we, I think we got a pretty good pretty good look at the, most of those guys in that game. Yeah. Yeah, I echo what uh, Jeff just said, and I was just hoping they would have a running clock in the second half because uh, that <laughs> needs to be over. Nobody wanted to be out there, uh, but I will – that uh, David Bell did okay, and I will tell you, I watched mostly the Cavs game that day because they had a home game with San Antonio. Um, I was just hoping they got out of that game with no injuries. Every time Jerome Ford carried the ball, I was like, "Oh my gosh, don't get hurt!" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Jeez. You know, it's just just really needed to get the game over with, and uh, right, and uh, you know, I don't know what kind of injuries we had. I think Shelby Harris went down, but I think he's okay, and. Uh, I think Strong went down, but I think he's all right. Um, just that was a meaningless game, and we've sure played a lot of those late in the year, haven't we, guys? Uh, but on the, uh, but, usually for the other reason, yeah, right, 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 right. exactly. Yeah. Right. So it it felt good, even like when we had a when the Browns had a, a game or two lead on the other teams. I thought this is still going to come down to having to win in Cincinnati. And uh, you know how that usually goes with our Browns, but you know they they wrapped it up. Uh, they they won their last two games and uh, they uh, got themselves in a good position. Guys should be rested up. They've had 16, 17 days off, so um, they should be ready to go Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I I'm not sure Pierre Strong's practice yet. Um, hopefully he'll be available. Um, you know I I thought he had a pretty valiant effort. Um, 
you know, when the Bengals knew the Browns were going to be handing him the ball half the time. Um, right. You know, he, he played pretty decent. Um, you know, I, Isaiah McGuire kind of flashed in the game, too, along with Alex Wright. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, good, good for him. You know, he hasn't uh, – I don't know how much he's played yet. I think he's I think he's been active a few times, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Not not but not much. much. He has not been on the field much. So it's All good right. to see. Um, he, he, I, he put up pretty much the same numbers as Alex Wright. I think Alex Wright, you know, was probably all over the field a little bit more. But Isaiah McGuire, you know, good effort definitely on his part. So, mm-hmm. um with that, guys, I mean, you know, this Browns team, um, eleven and six, they they could have been twelve and five if they wanted to be. Um, they had some other games they could have won, um, but they're in the playoffs. They're in a good spot. So I kind of wanted to just get your thoughts on on just the regular season, and based on what this team has been through, the quarterbacks. The injuries, um, which are one and the same, really, but the injuries to the quarterbacks and the rest of the team, um, some some of the close games, the the way the defense has played, um, you know, just the way everybody has stepped up. How does this? Where does this regular season rank for you guys? You know, among among Brown seasons that you've watched, and I'm not asking for you to list them in order or anything, but you know, how much you know. What do you think of this season compared to to most Brown seasons, even when you're looking at some of the best seasons the Browns have ever had? I would what, say I'll compare it to the 1988 season. Um, when we went through five quarterbacks like we did this time around, I think in that regular season, the guys went like nine, six, and one, or maybe ten and six. Ten and we, six, yeah. And six. We started with Bernie. He got he hurt his elbow the first game of the year at Kansas City, and then uh, Gary Danielson went in. He got hurt, and then uh, we went to, um, to Mike Pagel. Uh, then we found Don Strock on the beaches in Florida and brought him in. <laughs> uh, we went back to uh, Pagel. We went back to Bernie, and then Bernie got hurt, and Pagel was in the playoffs. And our secondary with uh, Dixon and Minifield was was nicked up too and I think Mac and Biner missed some games. Like we were always down players. They would always come back and and uh, and win games. And uh I compare this team a little bit to the nineteen eighty eight team as far as injuries. But as far as winning the close games, I thought we had a lot of cardiac kids in us really, the nineteen eighty team. And mm, uh yeah. we we won some games. When you win in Indianapolis thirty nine to thirty eight and you beat the Ravens 33-31, to 31. that's that's some good stuff, and that's winning at the end. And with that being said, I think this this season really changed when they beat the Ravens. When you beat them on their home field, and like they did, that really got the guys motivated and said, you know, there's something out there that we can get, injuries or no injuries. So um, it's been something else. It's uh, I think it's a mindset. I think it's the culture has changed. I think they – they think they can win, and and uh, you know, with all the injuries being said, uh, the one thing that did happen with the final injuries is, is you pull a guy off of the couch named Joe Flacco, and he is something else in the, in that he is a leader. He's one of us. He's just uh, a professional, and he's a guy that's won the Super Bowl before, and he's a guy that uh, 
you know, has been out of football, and he really didn't have to do this, but he has been uh, so good for the Browns in what he has done. So um, I compare him to the 1988 Browns with the little cardiac kids in them, and uh, boy, you know, they just get the juices going again. So really, really proud of these Browns. Yeah, definitely. Jeff, your thoughts on this season? I think that that's a great comparison. Um, the you know the winning games at the end is something that we've not experienced in you know with the new Browns. Um, it's always been you know finding ways to lose rather than finding ways to win at the end. So um, absolutely right, Different, something something completely out of character for what we're used to seeing. And um, you know I think the the adversity part of it though is is something that i don't think we've ever really experienced in, you know, in the time i've watched the browns um across the entire roster you know where yeah we've we've gone through a bunch of quarterbacks or we've had problems at one position or another you know last year we had position you know problems with our linebacker room um we went through a lot of guys, but but man, just the the volume of guys that we've lost this year across the entire roster is something I've not seen. And you know, to be able to still put together a winning season in spite of that, I think is our coaching staff's greatest accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you. And you know, uh, Tom and I had talked a, a little bit um, about that '88 season um just messaging and Mm -hmm. so so i was going back and looking at that season and the browns played and i'm not trying to tie that season into this season at all at this point um but the browns had all the issues at quarterback uh brought all those guys in um played multiple quarterbacks throughout the season went back and forth back and forth uh played the uh played the oilers in the playoffs um in the wild card at 10 and 6 and, and lost that wild card game um i think i can't remember if that was uh, an overtime game or not it was a very close game um Rod, i think um we had a couple, couple had points the right? at the end of the last game of the year and they beat the oilers 28 to 23 when don struck brought him back from a 23 to 7 deficit at halftime and then the next week, Houston came to our place again, and it was 24-16. And we scored late, but back then, you couldn't go for two. So we had to okay. kick point and go for... Um, so it was 24-23. Yep. Okay. And Tom, I'm glad you remember all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much I remember, but I got time to look stuff up now. That Yeah, I'm... yeah. but... Um, <laughs> But the the interesting thing to me is that, um, and I don't remember how many other injuries there were on that '88 team outside of quarterback. Um, Tom mentioned the uh, you know the great defensive backs and and Mack and Biner being dinged up and things like that. But um, Mar- Marty Schottenheimer got fired after that season <laughs> with all those injuries after '88. He got fired. Um, yeah, and you know. At, after this season was roughly the same record, regardless of what happens in the playoffs, Kevin Stefanski's got a good shot at winning coach of the year. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's just, it's just interesting. Uh, Marty, yeah. I think had been around longer, but, uh, but yeah. Right. Um, the expectations just, just different. So. Yeah. Um, 88, that got personal because uh, Art wanted to, 
Marty to, to fire his brother, Kurt. Kurt was uh, mm -hmm. coach, and he wanted him to off the staff, and then he wanted Marty to get an offensive coordinator. And you know they're both stubborn men, but uh, <laughs> Art had Art was the owner, and Marty was the coach. So you know who who goes and who stays. Sometimes yeah. you don't know what you had until it's gone, because after that it really went down for Cleveland in the early nineties. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, we know who made all those decisions, you know, regardless of what the fans thought or what was best for the team. And it was, yeah, not the guy that any of us like now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much how, how it is. So, um, but yeah, let's, let's move on to some news. I didn't want to spend a lot of time on that Bengals game guys. So, um, really the, the biggest, um, the biggest bit of news outside of the playoffs is the fact that the um, that the Browns are going to get Grant Delpit back for the playoffs. Um, mm -hmm. He's back off off uh, off injured to reserve and um, and I'm sorry guys I'm trying to look up I put out questions I gave people a chance to ask questions and so I'm going to go to the, the question for you guys to answer, and that's um, from Redleg, who was on, on the podcast last week. How big is it for the team that Delpit's now returning? Um, and I mean, there's layers to this, so I'll, I'll let you guys talk about it, because it's not like we've had bad safety play. Right. Well, he's been out, but um, what do you guys think? How How big is it to get somebody back, and how big is it to get Grant Delpit back specifically. Jeff, I'll let you go first. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I think you hit on it, Rod, that, you know, we've had really good safety play in spite of him being gone. Um, but Grant Delpit elevated his game this year to, I think, nearly a, an all pro level where we, we didn't expect that a couple of years ago. You know, uh, even last year, we didn't, didn't expect that kind of play from him. Um, how surprising is it, you know, that we're excited about getting him back, you know, this excited about getting him back, you know, can you imagine this time last year where we've been this excited about getting him back, you know, so people um, wanted him gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he <laughs> earlier had, in the he season anyways, last year, definitely taking his game to another, another level this year. And I think that's, that's a more of a uh, boost for all the guys around him. Um, than you know what he actually brings i think onto the field i think he, he brings plenty but um you know all those guys that are used to playing with him and his style of play i think it's kind of like the effect that um denzel ward has you know when he misses a few games and then comes back you know it's just the the fact that you've got that guy that can sort of take a take a play on and and you know make it his own like kind of kind of like miles can do from time to time and um, you know, it's have a statement play, you know, Denzel's is that way where, you know, the, the game kind of changes when he's, when he's there, he can impact that much. So, um, yeah. I, I think having him back is, is great from a, a confidence level for all the other players around him. I think with that said that D'Anthony Bell and, and Ronnie Hickman did a great job of filling in for him. Um, I think Hickman in particular um, was singled out by Coach Schwartz this week um, mm -hmm. as just a really solid player. 
Um, so we're, we're really lucky to have that kind of depth, um, you know, because we, we also um, missed Ronnie Mc, Rodney McLeod the last several weeks, uh, who was, was having that similar kind of a impact from a veteran standpoint. Um, so to do it with a couple of really young players and then get a guy back who's you know, just only a little bit more experienced, um, you know, it, it, it really, I think, gives us an edge in that secondary where guys can, can go out and play fast and loose. And that's what we're going to need in this Houston game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, first of all, a big shout out to Redleg. Um, he was on last week. He's from our hometown here, uh, Coldwater, Ohio. So a shout out to him. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw him, but he was on TV during that Bengal game, him and his, his wife, uh, for about five or six seconds when they were sitting yeah. in the Yeah. So I, I put that on Twitter, check that out sometime. But uh, as far as a uh, Delpit, uh, great to have him back. It's, a, it's always good to have a guy back. But, you know, people were starting to sour on him last year, some of the fans. And they're, they're again, the front office stayed with them. Sometimes yeah. it's two or three years. Um to get the best out of him. His problem was staying on the field. You know, when you're hurt, you can't help the team. So uh, mm-hmm. he, uh, he put together a great year. And, uh, and I think a lot of that was because of the defensive pressure the guys are putting on. You know, if you give a quarterback five, six, seven seconds, he's going to pick anybody apart. But I think that uh, the big part of that is Miles Garrett and uh, our, our, uh, Richardson and Tomlinson. Uh, putting a, a pressure on the quarterback, you know, I think that's a big thing that's helped us this year. It's putting pressure on and not giving that quarterback so much time because they'll pick you apart no matter who you are back there. But as far as their injuries and then coming back, it, it gave uh, Hickman and McLeod and some of the guys, some of those guys a chance to play. Sometimes you give them a chance to play, you find out, you know, you've got some pretty good players on the bench here. So it just, oh, yeah. it just makes your roster deeper. So I, it's great getting guys back. Great time of year for that. You know, having 16, 17 days before games um, is going to help our team out. Yeah. Yeah. All I can add is it's just good to be just a, even a little bit healthier. <laughs> right. You know, um, anybody didn't get back. So, um, so yeah, just, just glad to see it. I'm, and I'm happy for Grant Delpit to be able to be back and, and to, to play, you know, in the playoff game. You know, mm-hmm. um, and, and hopefully playoff games going forward. So, you know, in the NFL, when you play four games or what two games in four days, that's asking a lot. You know, we, we played uh, on that Sunday and we had to turn around and play the Jets on that Thursday, mm-hmm. which is great because it's home, but you don't want to be the road team to play to play that sport every Thursday night. There's two teams that's asking a lot. But in a way that that's helped us out because then we could rest them out rest them last week and then uh you know have that week off and we'll get 17 games be, or 17 days before games mm-hmm. this, um, yeah. so help the guys heal up a little bit yeah so uh so i don't know if you guys saw um the uh the ratings um pff ratings were all over about um showing that miles was the highest rated pass rusher or edge rusher i should say um for PFF and some people just don't like PFF, but um, it, it's hard to say that, you know, it's hard to argue with them on this one. Um, <laughs> you know, um, and there's just so many arguments out there. I kind of get 
get tired of the miles versus TJ Watt thing all the time. Um, <laughs> you know, um, who's better and all this and, and, um, this, and, and I think, I think something came out on the all pro and that naming miles and, and, and everything too. So, um, what it comes down to is everybody in the game believes that miles is the best player. Okay. Um, and that's, that's really just where you need to leave it. So, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not too worried about arguments beyond that. Um, it, the other thing is it's a team sport. Um, you know, miles has done his job this season. Um, it, it's, it's not really about piling up individual stats. Um, you know, if you are great, you know, if, if it helps the team, but, um, those individual stats don't necessarily win games. You know, it, it's playing as a team, and the Browns defense has played as a team this year. So you know what, Red sacks, sacks are a great stat, um, but you have to dig down a little bit beyond just the numbers. Um, yeah, when do they happen? At what point in the game do they happen? Um, I mean, mo- most of the guys that pile up sacks get them in third and long situations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe the game is already decided. Um, Miles has a propensity to, to make those kinds of plays, the strip sacks and things at critical moments in the game. And I think right. that's what endears him to the league in general is that, you know, his his plays really have maximum impact on the outcome of the game. Yeah. Um, and, and the fact that, you know, every defense or every offense, I should say, that, that goes up against him has to plan for him because of that. You know, and so he commands so much attention that it, it really lets the rest of the defense be super effective. And that's really been the secret for, for Jim Schwartz this year is, you know, he's been able to unlock that. You know, the the, the fact that Miles, you know, we, we thought maybe Miles would have, you know, 20, 25 sacks or something this year, right? Because of Jim Schwartz. Well, in reality, what, what's happened is, is he's, he's, he's utilized everybody else yeah. knowing, you know, knowing that Miles is going to command that attention. Uh, he's utilized everybody else more efficiently. I think that's, that's why we've you know, been ranked so high as a defense. So I'm, I'm not worried about the fact that he didn't pile up a bunch of sacks. I like the impact plays. Exactly right, Jeff. He he single-handedly won the Indianapolis Bulls game in oh, yeah. uh, the strip sack in the end zone for for a touchdown and leaping over the guy to, to block the field goal. He single-handedly won that game. And with Miles, you got to plan for him all the time, like you say. And uh, I don't think anyone gets held as much as he does. And I know maybe <laughs> right. maybe uh, <laughs> no. Uh, you know, but I think he does get held every single time. But I mm-hmm. think when you have Miles Garrett, it it helps you um, get to the quarterback, and it also helps the other guys to get to the quarterback. Uh, Miles by himself, I think you can plan for. But uh, when you get when you add in the two guys we signed this year, Tomlinson and Smith, they've been huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're winning the game on the line, and, and those two guys, along with Miles have really been effective in, in uh, pressuring the quarterback this year. I'll give you another stat, yeah. Rod, that I think is is equally as important. Tackles for loss. You know who led the league in tackles for loss this year? J.O.K. 
20 tackles yeah. for loss, right? Yeah, I was going to bring that up next. And that's, yeah, that, that's Jim Schwartz, you know, and, and that's because of guys like Miles, too. Right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, those are those impact plays that the guys are able to make now because of the way that we're utilizing everybody on our defense. Yeah, so so not not that we're at a postseason awards yet, but do you guys feel like Miles should be the defensive player of the year? Well, yeah, I'm a little partial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you're right. I think so. Yeah, I don't know how they rate it and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, I think he should be. Um, you know, there's some other good ones, and uh, however they decide that um, is fine. But uh, at this point, I'm kind of thinking of it as a team thing, and I'm just glad Miles yeah. is, is healthy and ready to go and glad we're getting some of those guys back. And I think the farther you go in the playoffs, it helps your awards thing, too. So I think he'll be all right. I think he'll do just fine. And um, he's had a great year. You know, the stats aren't everything. But uh, I'll yeah. tell you, he's had a lot of pressure on the quarterbacks, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right, Tom. We, we, we need to win a few playoff games for our guys to really be recognized like that. I think the the history here still probably works against some of our guys, you know, getting getting that kind okay. of national recognition. But I hope he wins it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, honestly, yeah. I, I, I hope we win a Super Bowl more than I hope Miles wins an award or anybody else. Yeah, I, I agree with you. So, so let me bring up one other thing since the since the uh, regular season is is complete, and I put this out on Twitter. And I don't know if you guys responded or not. Um, who who's the team MVP? Is it Miles Garrett or is it somebody else? Because mm. there've been a lot of guys who've had big seasons this year. Yeah, but but it but it's been such a team effort. It's really hard and. You know, and I don't want to hear about a shared team MVP thing either, because you got to give it to one guy. Right. Right. <laughs> it's not an easy choice. Yeah. It's well, that's not a good team then, because if you got to think of five, six, seven guys, that means um, the guys are doing their job, and you got a good ball club. If you had one guy that stands out, and the rest of them you don't know if they're good players, then that's probably not a good team. But boy, you could say Joe Flacco. You could say uh, Delp. Dump it. You could say Miles. Oh my gosh! You could say Ojoku. You could say uh, Mari Cooper. I mean, yeah. he's had he's had a career, yeah, his best career season, um, yards great. wise. Um, yeah, Dustin they've all Hopkins. had huge seasons. And Dustin Hopkins. Yeah, you can't leave him out of the discussion. Yeah. So absolutely, yeah. and that's why you have a good team because you know if you have one or two good players, you know every team has that. But now, if you've got a good player at every position and a good backup, now you got a team. You know, we've gone through a lot of our first team players, and now we go into backups. But you know, at every position in 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 past years, I think we've had a pretty decent ball player out there. But when he gets hurt, that's the problem. You know, because we didn't have depth. Now we're finding out. Hey, these Cleveland Browns got two or three players deep at every position, and sometimes further than that. So. Um, you know, for us to say MVP, man, oh, man, I don't know. If I could pick one, you know, they're all worthy, the guys that we mentioned. But I, I'll tell you what, you got to think about who it is and you have a good team. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I can tell you this, Rod, that, that um, if we would go ahead and win a Super Bowl this year, um, 
it would not have been possible without Joe Flacco. You can't yeah. really give him the award for only, you know, five games in the regular season. But that's to be determined for me because we You're still have games left to play. Right. So if we if we make it to the Super Bowl or or somehow even win a Super Bowl for me, um, that probably puts Joe Flacco ahead of everybody else, because I don't think we would have gotten there without him. Yeah. Yeah. Not without uh, him playing the way he's played. Right. Rod, what did you say on your tweet today? Most valuable player off the couch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. You know, uh, with all the injuries, and to end up with Joe Flacco as your quarterback, I would tell you when he was at the Ravens, I don't know if he ever really scared me as far as, man, he's, this guy's going to tear us up because he was a <laughs> you know, I didn't I, think that much of him, honestly. I, really I thought he was okay. I thought he was all right. I didn't think, I thought it was a running game and their defense that would beat us, but I didn't realize how good he is. Or was and still is until he came with us and his arm strength is really really good maybe it's because of what we're used to watching in the past <laughs> i don't know but he has been incredible the way he has come in and without any kind of training camp and what he's done it's just been unreal and his leadership ability has been fantastic yeah 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 i don't think anybody expected joe flacco to play this well no. I mean, no, you know, I, I, I certainly so. didn't. And I, and I admitted that, you know, after the first couple of games, but um, yeah. And I, I think, again, that's a tribute to the coaching staff and the situation that, that we've put him in where he now is playing some of the best football of his career. Yeah. It's been pretty amazing. It's amazing. Like when he goes back to pass and hopefully it happens Saturday again, but there's guys open. You know, and it seemed like whenever John would go back, like, come on, isn't anybody open here? Why is he always scrambling around? It's just amazing how um, how he maybe sees a, a next guy open or, or it, he, he can check off and find other reads. But um, the passing game, for him to go four straight games over 300 yards, it's it's been fantastic. He's been unreal. He's yeah. making throws that a lot of quarterbacks wouldn't even attempt. I think he has so much confidence in his ability to put the ball where it needs to be. And he's a risk taker. He, you have to live with the fact that, that there are going to be interceptions because mm -hmm. he will throw into a tight window where other guys would, you know, not attempt that throw. So Very tight. Yeah. That, that's always sort of been the book on him is that, you know, yeah, he's, he's going to, do some great things. He's also going to do some things that'll hurt you. And, and we've seen that this year where, you know, he's thrown some interceptions, but I think the key is, is that this team is, is able to overcome those where, you know, a worse team, you wouldn't be able to overcome those kinds of mistakes. You know, you, you, you'd, you'd get behind and you just wouldn't be able to catch back up again. So I think the situation is right for him um, as much as anything that, you know, that that's why he's been so successful. I th I think he has a a little bit of Josh Allen in him, in in that he has so much confidence in his arm yeah. and squeezing it into those tight windows that right. that he does throw an occasional interception. Um, right. But 
But if you watch the games, most of his picks really don't end up hurting the Browns that much. They're deep down the field. You know, um, they don't seem to be, um, you know, picks that set the other team up for a score right away. Well, he's he's throwing some pick sixes, Rod. But then, you know, the next possession, he throws a a 50-plus yard touchdown pass. So (laughs) it's hard to get too mad. There's nothing you can do about a pick six. I mean, yeah. (laughs) I mean, some some of his interceptions have pretty much worked as a punt too so right. um yeah yeah i agree both you guys too in that uh if he throws an interception um it happens and he doesn't let it bother him he, he'll make a, another pass try to squeeze in a window and this time it gets in there so he doesn't get down he he, he made some moves to, to, to watson and uh that was incredible against uh, the bears and uh, some of the passes he's made in a tight window has, has been very impressive and then some passes weren't so good but you know once you once you throw a pass and they pick it you know you got to have short memory get back up there and do it again which he's has, he's done a good job and come back and, and he's led the team yeah i think yeah. it's it's completely forgotten with him it seems like um, yeah you know he by the time he walks off the field it's gone and he is back out there just um it doesn't affect him it yeah, just seems done. to not affect him at all experienced uh, Super yeah. Bowl MVP uh, that will get you there but if you're, you're a rookie or a first year player it's a whole different story isn't it guys so you know he's been yeah, there definitely been there did that and uh, I'm just hoping uh, he can he can put something together in his playoffs and, and get us on a little bit of a run here but uh, regardless guys it's been uh, quite a story it has been yeah and and that that's kind of what I want to talk about just just briefly next is you know guys we didn't know with all, once these injuries started happening this season from Nick Chubb to you know to Watson to everybody else you know we've always been holding our breath as to when things were going to start unraveling just because so many guys were out and this team has stuck together and and played so well, which, which we've been talking about, but but they're in the playoffs. This team believes, and apparently they had a great team meeting. Um, I, all I want to say is that that people, you know, people wait for the Browns to get to the playoffs. You know, people want to see a title. Uh, people want to see those special moments for this team. And I, I just want to say that this team is special based on what it's done. This is a team people are going to talk about forever, regardless of what happens mm. in, the, you know, in the playoffs. Yeah. So this is the time you need to be enjoying this, okay? You don't need to be focused on, well, if they don't win a title, you know, it's a waste. <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is a special team. Enjoy this team, okay? Right. Um, right. This 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 is this is what we've been waiting for as Browns fans for a long time. This is not the the 2020 team that that beat the Steelers and then you know this this is a just this team is just totally different. Um, it, it's. It's just made up different. The chemistry, the togetherness makes this team different. Mm-hmm. And even if they don't go on in the playoffs and do and complete their mission, 
I think this team will be thought of as the team that laid the foundation for the future. Um, you know, so, you know, just based on what they were able to get through, right. changing the culture and everything. So, Agree, Rod. I'll tell you, um, you got to enjoy the ride. You know, it's hard to, to, to win the last game. It's, uh, you know, only one team gets to do that. Yeah. So you you got to yeah. enjoy the process. And I, thinking about those 80s teams that we talked about before with Bernie's guys, um, they're a lot like these guys because they connected with the fans. And these guys, they, they remember that uh, fans are important and, and how to connect. And uh, I can remember those games and remember the ride. Just knowing that, you know, it's going to be hard to, to win that last game. But the moment that uh, that they're playing in those that the playoffs, you, you got to remember that and just enjoy that. Because, as we know, sometimes it's, it's, it's tough to get there. Absolutely. Yeah, so, uh, so the Browns will face the Houston Texans, who finished 10 at 7. Saturday at 4:30, uh, it's the, the kickoff to the playoffs, uh, first wild card game. Um, they will face C.J. Stroud, which scares the hell out of almost every Browns fan, apparently. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, C.J. had had a heck of a rookie season. Um, you know, so far, um, I, I can't remember how many TDs he's thrown, but he only threw. Kid only threw five five uh, interceptions all season, and three of those were in one game against the Cardinals. <laughs> he's, he takes care of the football. Now he yeah. um, he's he he put up big numbers near the middle of the season. He had that, that like 470 passing yards, I think, against the Bucks, and then he had um, around that time he had like two or three other 300 yard passing games, but. Um, a lot of his games, he's been in the high hundreds, low two hundreds in passing yards. So, um, I, I don't think you go into this game just thinking that he's going to be throwing the ball constantly, you know. Um, and I think the Browns' defense. You know, I don't think there's any reason to 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 think that this Browns' defense is not going to be able to play well against him. But I don't think you go into this game feeling like. C.J. Stroud is going to turn the ball over much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, just just kind of that's my that's my initial thoughts, guys. Um, kind of wanted to see what you thought because there's you know there's the thought of playing having to play a team twice in the same season, which um, you know is not always fun. Um, right. Doesn't always work out well. So how are you guys seeing this thing? Go ahead, Jeff. Shootout. I think it's going to be a shootout. Um, I think, you know, CJ probably hasn't played a lot of um, press coverage and pass rush like we were able to put on him. Um, and just going back to, you know, watching him play in college, I think, you know, that 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 is the way to, to, to attack him. Um so hopefully, you know, Schwartz will dial up some exotic ways of, of putting pressure on him. Um, I think he's, he's you know, his sec, his uh, receiver core is a little banged up. So, you know, he's got a lot of weapons to throw to at this point. 
Um, but I, I still think I think this could be a pretty high scoring game. Um, you know, in Houston, good weather conditions. Um, you know, both teams happy to throw the ball all over the field, not really care too much about the run game. Um, yeah, we're we're gonna have to we're gonna have to score on most of our possessions to win this one. I agree with you, uh, Jeff, completely. I think we might need uh, 28 to 31 to win this one. As far okay. as Stroud, he's going to make some big throws. And uh, I'm yeah. impressed with him. He can make the long throw, too. So that's important, too, that uh, we don't give up any long balls because he, he did that the other day. He was quite impressed with that. But we need to put pressure on him, maybe not to uh, throw picks, but to, to put pressure on him, hit him a few times. Because, you know, if you hit a quarterback a few times, they don't like it. So, uh, you know, it might, might get him off stride a little bit. But we're going to have to score on most of our possessions, I agree with you, Jeff. So should yeah. be a good game and, and good weather conditions. It would be completely different than if it was in Cleveland Saturday, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, we're going to have to score and score often. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you guys know that if the uh, if the Carolina Panthers would have taken C.J. Stroud number one overall like they should have, Ugh. that the Browns would be traveling to Indianapolis this weekend, and some of us may have been going to that game. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, anyways. It's closer um, to Indy than it is to Cleveland for me, guys. It's two hours to Indy. It's uh, four hours. To Cleveland for me. Uh, same, same for me, Tom. Yeah, it's it's, it's close, closer to Indy. Are you Centerville, Rod? You in Centerville? Yeah, Centerville. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, Jeff, you there too? No, I'm uh, east of Cleveland, Tom. Okay, guys, I made so many trips to Cleveland. I want to just tell you, uh, when my kids, when our kids were younger, some people were telling them they were taking them to Orlando, Disney World, things like that. Uh, we were taking our kids to Cleveland. Uh, you know, we took them to to uh, Geauga Lake and uh, Indians games, uh, Browns training camp and things like that. I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's what we did. And uh, you always want your sons to be Browns fans, and I think they've become that. And I don't know if it's because of we took them to Cleveland so, may off, so often, but uh, – it's been pretty fun. It's pretty special being a Browns fan, you know, with all the, the losses we've endured. But when they have that moment, uh, that moment, and uh, when they win a big game, uh, to hug your own sons and uh, to hug strangers that have Browns coats on, it's pretty special. So, um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't know how I got there and why I'm talking about it, but I just want to say this is pretty special what we're doing. It's not every year. You get in the playoffs. It, it is for other teams, but it isn't for Cleveland Browns. So right. Saturday uh, is, is really special for for all of us Browns fans. Um, hopefully we can pull it out. But if they don't, then, uh, you know, it's not because of lack of effort because this team is, has really worked at it. And uh, it's, uh, it's a good time to be a Browns fan. Um, uh, there's been some times where I told the boys, you know, Go free agent. Go like another team. You know, go. <laughs> yeah. like me. Don't be miserable. No, Dad, we'll wait. I said, oh, I don't know. I might be running out of time. You never know. But uh, they'll say, we'll stay on board. And then a couple of years ago, my oldest boy, him and some other guys, they got an RV. It was a Browns RV. And we took that up to the game. 
And, uh, you know, you want your sons to be Browns fans. Now you know he's a Browns fan. He's got a Browns RV that we're taking up every week. And all I got to do is carry on uh, my beverages and sit in the back, and they, they take care of everything. So um, it's it's been uh, it's been a rough ride. I remember going uh, up to a game on New Year's Day when the Browns were concluding another bad season, and uh, they're playing the Ravens. And the Muni lot's full, and my oldest son's probably in eighth or ninth grade. He said, Dad, what's all those people doing in the Muni lot? Why, why, they, why do they care about this game? It's the last game of the year. I said, son, that's just what they do, and that's mm-hmm. what they always do. You know, that's it's right. not winning or losing. We're always there, but it's a heck of a lot better when we're winning, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, guys, before we get to predictions – on the uh, on the game, um, I wanted to get through these uh, through. There's a few questions people ask on Twitter, so um, mm-hmm. we'll we'll try to get through these real quick and then see if you guys have any final thoughts on the game. And then we'll get some predictions out. So, um, so Jeff, we got two questions from Jeremy. Uh, first one's directed at us. Um, would Rod and Jeff go to a home playoff game if we get one? You want to answer that one first? Um, I think I can answer it for you, and um, <laughs> that would, um, Jeremy. That would depend on um, first of all on how cold the weather is, um, <laughs> and I guess on the availability of tickets. But um, but yeah, well, I can succinctly answer that. That um, this is January in Cleveland, and <laughs> so that's a no for this old body. It's a hell no. well i'll take your ticket then yeah i mean unless unless they get a dome built by next week um (laughs) yeah i'm I'm watching it at home nice and cozy warm on my couch (laughs) yeah (laughs) i just can't take the cold anymore so that's jeremy's first question you follow him at 14 bonham and his second question we we've kind of talked about this um and sorry, guys, some of these questions we've talked about, but I want to get all these out. Uh, will this be a closer game with the famili- familiarity of playing each other a couple weeks back and the addition of Stroud? Um, I think you guys yeah. are both thinking closer game. Yeah, for sure. So, so that's a yeah. And um, Jeremy has a couple of hashtags there. Take the over, swear jar, cornhole champs, dog pound. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. so I put, I put a dollar in the jar for Jeremy's mom. Okay, appreciate that. And then um, <laughs> we got a question from Rick Zahn. I believe uh, um, I believe Tom knows Rick. He's also from Coldwater. Yes, Rick I ex- is. I exchanged a couple of messages with Rick earlier. So we've got the, the Coldwater contingent on tonight. We really appreciate all of you guys. Um, follow Rick at Rick. Zahn and that's Z-A-H-N-2, the number two. Um, and and Rick, I love the question, but um, let me get this out, guys, and then we'll talk about it. Please discuss the future contract of JOK and a few other young guys valuable to the defense. Explain how the cap space works for against our Browns currently. Um, okay. Um, well, I'm a fan. I'm not. I'm not. 
out of my league. We got a guy in charge up there that does that. Um, you know, you'd like to keep all the players, certainly would, but there's a cap, and not all of them can stay. But that's that's up to uh, Andrew Barry to figure all that out, and I'm sure he will. He does a good job. And that's really yep. all I have on that. As far as JOK, I don't know what his contract is, and I don't know um, if he's signed for next year or not, but uh, that's up for our general manager to figure that out figure that yeah, out i think i think jok is going into year number four if i'm not mistaken uh you know this coming season so that would be his contract year so mm-hmm. um you know, we can we can choose to extend him or um you know there's another number of options there but um you know i like your answer tom um let's let's let the the guys with the money worry about how they're going to spend it um right now let's just enjoy how good this team is and the fact that you know our owner we've 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 beat on him a lot in the past Mm -hmm. um but the one thing you can't say about the Haslam's is man they they have they have not cut any corners they they have been willing to spend money and they have they have the highest cash outlay in the league for players this year um which is exactly what you want an owner to do. So I'm going to just trust that they're going to make some tough decisions this off season. We're going to have a lot of, you know, a lot of shows to talk about roster building for next year. Um, But I, I, I feel really good that we're going to be able to figure out a way to keep our great players. Um, And I think JOK is in that category. Yeah, I would say the same thing. I, I, I would say if JOK wants to be here, he will be here. Um, because the salary cap is is essentially a myth. Um, Andrew <laughs> Barry has has uh, and his contingent have have ways to to um, structure deals that that really make the salary cap non-existent almost. Right. Um, so if they if they feel that um, JOK is as important to this defense as he appears to be and JOK wants to be here rather than eventually testing free agency and going for top dollar, you know, on the free agent market. Um, yeah. he will be here. I believe yeah. that's, it's, that's it's my more, thought. it's more about an owner's willingness to spend money and the Haslam's are spending Warren Buffett's money. So let's not worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let, let's go on to uh, to Johnny Baseball, um, and he follow him at PlayballJB. Um, Johnny's a great guy, so um, follow, give him a follow, too, if you're not, and everybody else who sent in questions. So, um, What do you all think of David Bell? Uh, 14 receptions on 23 targets this year. His stats are down from his rookie year. As a Purdue senior, he beat out OSU's Olave, Wilson, and Smith and Jigba for Big Ten wide receiver of the year in 21. He averaged nearly a thousand yards, um, a thousand yards a year for three years. Why not a bigger role here? Hmm. I think that's kind of what it comes down to: is why why has he not had a bigger role? And what do you I guys think, think about his future? I think because I think because we have a guy named Amari Cooper, right? Um, you know, there's there's only so many targets to go around, and Amari's our, our guy that would, that's got to eat. Um, and you know, the good news is like I mentioned earlier is that I think David Bell's capable. Um, he's going to get mm-hmm. his opportunities down the road. Um, much like with 
and Joku, we just need to give him time to to capitalize on that opportunity when it comes. I agree with you, Jeff. Um, you know, you've got Amari and Elijah Moore has really come around and I'm very concerned with him with that injury um, he had against the Jets, but it looks like he's going to come back from the concussion. But that was uh, as a scary moment right there. And, you know, you got those right. two in front of you. It's hard to, to get in there with uh, along with Njoku. So, like I was talking earlier, you got depth at position, so that's good. You got David Bell and you got Tillman in, in the background. So, you know, you got some depth there. So, um, you're talking about um, going to the game, Jeff. Um, did you guys see uh, in Kansas City the, the forecast for Saturday night? Just uh, the high of about five and a low of about minus five. Oh, nice. Japan, a night game in Miami. He's <laughs> got to go there. Miami's yeah. going to the city. So, oh. would I go to the Browns game? Yeah, Jeff, I'd probably take your ticket. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I was there uh, for the drive. Uh, I've been there for some cold ones, but I will tell you, it was a lot easier with the cold weather when I was in my 20s than it is when yeah. I was. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little different. But, uh, the boys are probably get me on the, get me in there and go. But, uh, boy, anymore, it's easier just watching it in the garage. But I do like to get up to a couple games a year. But if it's so, so cold, it, uh, it uh, makes a difference when you get older. But uh, I'd probably still go since it's playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So last last question, guys, and this is from Susan. You follow her at Brownstown76. Um, Susan, we need to get you back on the podcast. It's been a while. So um, her question is, why the Pro Bowl snub for uh, Martin Emerson? Hmm. Um, we'll we'll start with, with that one. Um, we'll start with that one. I'll, I'll read you her other questions. She said, do you think Miles Wentz DP, um, defensive player of the year? We've talked about that. Um, and the other question is, uh, Flacco wins comeback couch player of the year. <laughs> do, do you, so, um, why the snub Who's on Martin Emerson? Yeah. And, um, do you think Flacco has a chance at uh, comeback player of the year? Well, uh, with, uh, Joe Flacco, I don't know who he's coming back against. You know, I think he's the only guy that really come off the couch and has done what he's done. So I think, I think he, he gets the, the couch one. Yeah. Yeah, he gets that category. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Martin Emerson, guys, I think sometimes you got to build your name up. And Martin Emerson mm. probably deserves that this award this year to be in Pro Bowl. But if he puts uh, years together like this next year and the year after, I think he will be in there. Because sometimes you got to work your way in there to get your name known. On the same yeah. time, some of those guys hang on longer just because they have their name. Uh, they've yeah. been a Pro Bowl, and they aren't having a Pro Bowl year. They still put them on there because they have that name. But if, if Emerson still puts uh, numbers up like he did this year and makes plays like he did this year, he's going to get in a Pro Bowl here soon. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right, Tom. Um, on the, the comeback player thing um i think the only the only problem joe flacco is going to have is that yeah he's he's going to be the most deserving guy off the couch but there was a guy who came off a defibrillator who's probably going to beat him uh demar (laughs) hamlin from buffalo so even though he didn't even though he wasn't demar hamlin yeah 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 you're right yeah yeah so um yeah so even though you know he demar hamlin didn't play all that much um, the story is just 
you know, the that fact much. that he's been active and played. At right. All. That the story yeah. is that much more compelling. I, I agree with you. Uh, people mentioned Baker for the award, too. I'm not sure. I would have to look at his well, yeah, numbers he, he and all that. Well, yeah, on any given week and then lose it on the next week. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. But, yeah, interesting. But, yeah, I, I agree with you guys on um, – um, with, with you, Tom, on Martin Emerson. Um, yeah, y- you have to you have to build up your name. People have to know who you are to, to, to make a Pro Bowl. Um, yeah, it's more of a popularity contest. It, it really is. I mean, you could look at, I think, and and I'm not knocking Denzel at all, but if you looked at Martin Emerson versus Denzel this season, um, Denzel made the Pro Bowl and Martin Emerson didn't. And right. uh, Martin Emerson probably played as well or better than Denzel this year. I don't know. Mm. Uh, played every game. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, guys, let's um, – I guess do you guys have any anything else you want to talk about on that on the Texans game, or should we just go with some predictions and and get on out of here? Because I know it's Let's getting do the predictions. It's getting kind of late here, guys. I know we got bedtimes and everything. <laughs> right. Let's do predictions. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, Tom, you are the guest, and um, let's see. I got to look back to last week's here, Jeff, and. Um, yeah, you're, well, you're be, on a I, bit of a roll, aren't I you? I guess I won again. I picked the Bengals. I'm not happy about it, but have I? I've won like three in a row. It's, yeah, it's getting, we're getting a little. That's scary, never right? happened. That's never <laughs> happened, Tom. Don't be intimidated, because <laughs> Jeff and I don't, normally don't win any of these throughout the whole season. So, um, so we're looking for your prediction of the of the score of the game and if you have anything specific you want to throw in you know any specific stats for any players or anything you're welcome to to do that too well i'm going to take the browns uh, no doubt about that and uh i'm going to say uh, cleveland 26 houston 23 i think it's going to be an entertaining ball game uh both teams are going to go up and down the field a little bit gonna come down to our kicker and i'm um, concerned with our kicker being out and uh, you know Hopkins has had a great year and he's not going to be able to go I think we do have a kicker that's got some professional experience in kicking in some big games so hopefully in those conditions of being on the turf he can come through and and make the kicks he's, he needs to do but I think special teams are going to come in big and uh, hopefully we can make our, our kicks but I'm going to say Cleveland 26 Houston 23 um, it's going to be uh, down to the end. I think uh, one thing that's going to be important is Cleveland come out and get on top. Now, when you're off 17 days, um, that's good as far as letting injuries heal up, but also uh, it can it can uh, get you off to a slow start, too, if, we, if you're not ready. You know, So I think the guys will be ready to go, and it will be nice to get a lead early in the game instead of trying to play catch-up. But uh, – Cleveland 26, Houston 23. All right. What are we uh, using as like a, a line, Rod? Yeah, sorry, Jeff. I was going to mention that. Um, Browns are – I'm showing Browns favored by two and a half in Houston, believe it or not. And uh, the over-under is 44 and a half. Okay. So Tom's taking the over. Tom's taking the over. Okay. So what do you got, Jeff? Well, this is going to shock a lot of people, 
Oh, before I do this, um, I, I just want to go back to, to last week's prediction. Um, I, I made a pretty bold prediction last week of 10 turnovers, 10 plus turnovers in that game. Yeah. I just want to say that based on the first roughly four and a half minutes of that game, we were on pace for me to be right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you were way ahead of pace. And right. then they stopped completely. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, yeah. I, I, it's, like I said before, this is going to be a shootout. Um, this, this is going to be, you know, about who can maximize their possessions and score as many times as possible. Um, I, ideal conditions. I think our defense will play well enough, but I just don't think they're going to be able to, um, keep Houston off the board. Like, you know, we're accustomed to seeing some of their best games. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm going big with this one. Uh, 39, 32 Browns. So Jeremy, um, enjoy it. I'm taking you over for once. Wow. I did not expect you to go that big, Jeff. Okay. Take the 39 points for their 32 any day, right, guys? 39-32. I'm well. I'm just going to stick with the score I had written down, Jeff, because I, I I'm almost well. I, I've got 38-24. I just expect the defense to play a little bit better um, than what than what you guys are thinking as far as keeping the Browns in the game. I don't think it's going to be as close as what you guys are thinking. So, um, I, I just I just think the secondary is going to play really well in this game, and I think Flacco is going to light it up. Um, so I, I just have a lot of confidence in this team in this game. Um, but the but the um, Texans are going to score some points definitely. So yeah. I, I'm just going to stick with 38-24. Good guys. All all comfortably over. Yeah, all comfortably over. Yeah, there's no way I would pick I the under in this game. Just win, right, guys? Just yeah, win. They can just be, win. They can win three to two, and I'll be happy. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, let's get some closing thoughts. Um, Tom, it's been great talking to you. We appreciate you joining us tonight. Um, what would you like to leave everybody with? I appreciate you having me back on the show, especially um, – this week with the Browns being in the playoffs and everybody excited about it. It's good to see the, the city uh, excited for the Browns again. I remember going through uh, Cleveland in the, in the eighties, early eighties when the cardiac kids were there and Bernie's guys were in the playoffs. And I remember how festive the city was and how happy everybody was, you know, in the gray days, like today, people still had smiles. They still, uh, had the Browns hats on, they, they, they felt good about their Cleveland Browns. Even some of the, the statues in, in the city had Browns helmets on their heads. You know, the flags are flying everywhere. I think it's awesome. I, uh, like I said earlier in the show, especially for our young people to see this, and it's, it's, it's great for, for us older guys to, to see it again. And I'm just uh, really happy and really proud of these Browns. Um, I remember watching the Browns in the 70s. In the 60s, I kind of heard them on the radio with Dr. Frank Ryan and, and those kind of players and Jim Brown. And we didn't get them on TV this far away. And uh, the 70s, start watching them a little bit. And then the 80s with the cardiac kids, I went from liking the Cleveland Browns to absolutely loving them. And, uh, you know, and then Bernie's guys came around and uh, 
there was no turning back. You know, I was a Browns fan forever. And then everything that happened in the 90s with losing the team and then uh, the losing and losing and losing, it's, it's been rough to stay on board. But once you're a Browns fan, you've seen that. You don't turn back, and I'm just glad. I'm just really, really happy these Browns uh, are doing what they're doing. Saturday doesn't work out. Well, it's not because of lack of effort. Uh, the guys have uh, really uh, done a great job, and not only on the field but off the field too. I think they, they've done a good job in reaching out to their fans and, and, and making it a, a family type of thing again. And, and being a Browns fan, guys, as you know, it's about family. It's about it's about passing it on to your kids. You know, it's about doing things together. It's about going to games together. You know, uh, my sons, I told you, go up to the games. And I got a grandson that's three years old. And when I go and visit him at his house, I read him books. And, uh, you know, there's hundreds of them there. And the one I usually pick out is the history of the Browns. And uh, when I, when I read that book, and uh, he's just three. He's going to be four here in January. 22nd but i read him that book and i've uh, you know i i mentioned the name autogram and, and uh you know the orange helmets and the brown pants and and all that and i think his first words might have been browns before even that <laughs> i don't know but uh it's amazing that uh i told him that one or two times and i point who's that max who's that he said Otto Graham. who's that Otto Graham? so he knows him he's only three wow. years so, that's great. I think, that's uh, awesome. I, I think we're on board for him to be a Browns fan. And, uh, you know, he's already been up to training camp with us last summer. He's been to three Guardians games. And, you know, uh, Browns are about family. The Browns are about, like both of you guys are both Browns fans, you know, and uh, the, the, to spend time together, um, you know, we have our share of losses. But when they win, it's truly a special time to, to spend it with your with your family and your Browns family. And uh, it's been quite a ride um, rooting for the Browns, especially in the 80s. I thought it was so easy. I remember going up to the games and thinking, oh, who, I don't even know who we're playing today, but we usually just went up and we won. It was that easy. <laughs> but, uh, they won every time. Our biggest problem was, now how are we going to get home? We got four <laughs> hours to go. We just pointed at Northwest, and somehow that vehicle got back okay, you know. Uh, the roads were a little bit drifting and a little bad back then, you know, but uh, we uh, we got back okay, and the Browns usually won every single time. And then the last, since 99, it's been a struggle. But uh, to see these guys uh, to come back to where they are now and for this special season, and hopefully it's not just a fluke thing. Hopefully we can get back there again next year. But until then, it's it's uh, it's been great, and uh, it's a great time to be a Browns fan. Don't you guys agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. Definitely. All right, Jeff. Would love yeah. to hear your closing thoughts. I appreciate everything you said, Tom. You know, us, us old guys, um, it's, it's, we're finally getting paid off, right. Um, for, for sticking it out. Um, so many of the young fans today really don't even remember those days, Tom, don't, don't have the, Memories, the, uh, you know, the experiences that we had with those teams um, in the 80s. Um, all they've known to this point has been the the misery and the losing and you know, of, the, of an expansion organization. And we've finally turned the corner. 
And, you know, we're, we're now reaping the, the fruits of all those years of struggle with a team that um, absolutely is on everybody's radar nationally. Everybody's talking about the Browns as being one of the top three or four teams in the league now. And I think that's something to be proud of, just like you said, Tom. Um, so congratulations to, to us, the fans, for sticking it out. Um, we, we all finally have the team that, that we've been longing for for so long. Um, I just want to say also that um, the Browns this season scored 30-plus points five times, five different games, um, and three of those were behind Joe Flacco. That 30-point offense that we've talked about really since last season, right, all offseason, and you know, mm-hmm. what was it going to take for us to be successful as an organization? We wanted to get to the point where we had a solid, strong defense that could shut other teams down at times and a 30-point offense. Well, guess what? We've got that 30-point offense, and that's what's going to carry us through the playoffs. It's like one guy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well said, guys. This has been the Browns Blitz. We thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. Yeah.